Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel reading of John, chapter 1, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Yesterday was a bit of a unique day. And that's because Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday. I was having a conversation with someone, I was like, when was the last time Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday? Do you know the last time Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday? It was 2017. Doesn't that seem like forever ago? <laughs> Seems like so long ago. It's not that long ago, but it's long enough that I don't remember. I don't remember it at all. Before that was 2006, so before my time here. But I would have told anybody that there hadn't been a Christmas Eve on a Sunday since I've been here. And I would have been wrong. What makes Christmas unique for a Sunday is that for many people, myself included, this time of the year, Sundays especially, is full of football. Real football, that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, because it was also Christmas Eve, um, somebody came to the early service and said to me, so how about those lions? And because it was Christmas Eve and we had all these services, I hadn't paid attention to any football at all yesterday. Um, and so I kind of obviously found out afterwards. Just put that there for you guys. But since we're on the topic of sports, does anybody know what the first sport in the Bible was? Anybody know? Nobody? Okay. It wasn't football, although you may have felt like I set you up for it. Uh, it was actually baseball. Did you know that? Baseball. First words, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning... Now, did you know that there are only two places in the Bible that actually start with the words, in the beginning? And both of those places are the first words of those books. Genesis chapter 1, as obviously you know, and John chapter 1, verse 1, the gospel reading for today. And what's also unique is that each of them have to do with creation. Genesis 1, pretty obvious. In the beginning, God created. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the world and everything in it. The land, the water, the animals, the people. And what we learn in how God begins to create everything is that he spoke it into being. God said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke, and it was. He created something out of nothing. And he did it just with his words. And what John chapter 1 lays out for us is that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word is God. And through that Word, all things were made. Nothing was made apart from that 
word. Now, to some people, it may not matter, these words. But there is so much contained in these words, because as we keep reading, we find out that the word was there in the beginning, and that word became flesh and dwelt among us. So John lays it out very clearly that Jesus is the word. The word, which is God, is Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is the word. And Jesus was there from the beginning, from creation. I mean, if there was any doubt as to who Jesus was, John is going to tell us that Jesus, who everybody can grasp is a man, that he lived on the earth, that he has flesh and bones, is also eternal with no beginning and no end. He is the creator of mankind, of all things. And there was never a time when the Son, the second person of the triune God, was not. Sure, there was a time where he did not have flesh and bones, since obviously that's what we celebrate at Christmas, God becoming flesh. But as the eternal God, as the second person of the Godhead, of the Trinity, Jesus has always been. Been there with the Father and the Spirit in all the fullness of God, in all of his glory, full of grace and truth, as John goes on to say. And John will then say that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Jesus is life, and that life is going to become a living, breathing human being just like us. He is going to become flesh and dwell with us, and he is given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And yesterday, in the context of Jesus taking on flesh, being born, we talked about how God is love. And Jesus, as God, as love, came down for us. And that's what Christmas is all about. We also call Jesus the light of the world, because he also called himself that. But we see that Jesus is the true light who was coming into the world. And he came because of the darkness of sin and death. Because if there was no sin, if there was no death, there would be no need for the light of the world. And as Luke says, Jesus was coming to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the light of the world, was going to shine in the darkness and lead us in the way of peace. And that's because in the context of our sin and death, there is no peace. There is only conflict, a struggle, a battle, a war within us. This sinful nature that we have, that we are all born with, that original sin passed down to us from Adam and Eve when they first sinned against their creator, when they first sinned against God, sinned against Jesus. It is natural for us to sin, to go against God, to be at war with God. That is not what God wants for us. He does not want us to dwell in the darkness of sin and death. He does not want us to suffer hell, the consequences for our sin. 
And so the only way to save us, the only way to bring peace was for God, the creator, to step into his creation, to put on flesh, and to be the one to put an end to the battle, to put an end to the struggle, the war, to dispel the darkness. And to do that, Jesus had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He had to take our sin. He had to take our death. He had to take our punishment. He had to take hell for us. The light of the world took the darkness of our sin and death upon himself because he was the only one who could. Because he was perfect. And the only sacrifice that can completely cover sin is a perfect sacrifice. And Jesus did that by dying on the cross for us. And then the light of the world was placed in the darkness of a grave, a tomb, and it was closed up. It was sealed in. And that's Good Friday. And on Easter Sunday, Jesus rises from the dead. The light of the world shines in the darkness of death and the grave, and the darkness and death are not able to overcome it. Death does not have the last word. Darkness does not have the last word. Jesus, the light of the world, the Prince of Peace, the Word made flesh has the last word. And Jesus, the Word of God eternal, love come down for us, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who has the first word of creation, has the word of promise given to Adam and Eve after they sinned for the whole world, that he would be the one to crush the serpent's head, that he would defeat Satan, that he would defeat sin, that he would defeat death. He did it with his last words on the cross when he said, it is finished. And with that, the war, the battle against sin, darkness, death, the devil is over. The last chapter of the story is written. Eternal life is secure. And the empty tomb on Easter Sunday is the exclamation mark on the, all the work that Jesus did. We always view Christmas, the birth of Christ, in light of everything else that Jesus did. Because without Good Friday, without Easter Sunday, there's no point of Jesus being born. And without Jesus being born, we can't get to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. They're all important. Even though, as we mentioned yesterday, Christmas Eve is the most well-attended service for most churches. So where do we go from here? What do we do with this good news of great joy, of the birth, the death, the resurrection of the light of the world? The Word made flesh. We keep it to ourselves. We hold it tightly to our chest. We don't let that light shine anywhere else. Or as a song this little light of mine might say, we hide it under a bushel, right? And everybody would say, no, right? I'm going to let it shine. But what does it mean to let it shine? Well, Jesus, who is the light of the world, calls you the light of the world. 
you go and shine the light, the light of Christ, into the darkness of the world that does not know him. You carry the message of Good Friday, of Easter Sunday, of Christmas to the world. You live out your faith daily. Faith that has been gifted to you by the Holy Spirit. You live out your faith so that others may see your good works. Your good works which flow from the Holy Spirit. Which are an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Which are those fruits of the Spirit. You live out your life daily in love, in joy, in peace, with patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you think about the message of Christmas, the faith that the Holy Spirit has gifted you, and by believing, you know the hope, the comfort, the peace, and the joy that comes from God who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Sharing the message, being a light, sharing the light of Christ, it then becomes an honor and a privilege, not a burden to do so. It is a blessing to be a light so that God can call others out of their darkness into his marvelous light. If you've been with us in the last month at all, or you were with us yesterday, you've heard me talk about my dad. And if you haven't, go back and listen. Now, talking about my dad is an easy one. Because since his passing, everything that I talk about is, there's nothing I can do about it. And so with everything that I can look back and say that I did wrong, it's something that I can learn from. So when we talk about being a light and sharing the light of Christ with others, it's easy to give a 15, 16-year-old who's pissed off about a divorce, doesn't really want to spend time with his dad, struggling with his own faith, then leaving that faith completely. It's easy to give that kid a pass for not being a light to his dad. But at some point, that kid is no longer 15, 16. And that's 18, but it's fine. But at some point, he becomes a, a 25, 26-year-old pastor, a 30-year-old pastor. And when that boy becomes a 25, 26, 30-year-old pastor, there's not a whole lot of excuses left as to why he isn't a light in his dad's life. And I share that not because it's something I can't get over. I share it because for someone like me now, now that I've lost the chance, what do I do with all the other opportunities that are out there? Do I hide the light of Christ under a bushel? Do I keep it to myself? Or do I shine it for others to see? Do I share the good news of great joy or do I stay silent? The same goes for you in your own life. What do you do with the message of hope, peace, joy, and love? Of love come down for you. Do you keep it here? Do you keep it here only to dwell on it within the context of the church? Or do you take it outside these walls? 
to your friends, to your family, to your co-workers, to your neighbors, to all those who don't know Christ, or you're just not sure if they do. Because at some point, you've probably been just like them. I'm not saying it's easy. Hello, my dad. But you have help. I have help. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you in love, to lead you in the words that you share, even if you don't know where to start, where to begin, to lead you in the light of Christ so that you can be a light for others. You're not alone in this life of being a disciple, of sharing the light of Christ so that other disciples are made. And you receive strength for daily living as you come and you look at the baptismal font and you're reminded of your baptism where Christ claimed you as his dearly loved child, where he marked you as one redeemed by him. As you come and receive the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of your sins, for your salvation, and for the strengthening of your faith, so that you're able to go and live for Christ. And you receive strength from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who works through his word and through his means of grace. This good news of great joy is yours. It's yours today. And this good news of great joy is for the world as well. Because that good news changes lives. It saves lives. Lives like mine. And lives like yours. And to that, we give God all the glory and praise and honor forever and ever. And to that we say, Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.